everyone. Welcome to the Launch Podcast. I'm Jeff Carpenter, Director of Residence Life. And I'm Carissa Church, the CCI Internship Coordinator, and we're your hosts. College graduation can always be a difficult season of life, but the senior class of 2020 faces a truly unique challenge as they launch their careers in the midst of the great pause. Launch is a podcast for graduating seniors that offers practical and spiritual insight for navigating this transition from college student to full adult. On today's episode, we continue our conversation with Keith and Sarah Krass, two Gordon alumni who have joined us to share their post-graduation experience. In this week's episode, the conversation turns to the relational aspects of the transition out of college, including what it means to network and build relationships with coworkers. We rejoin the conversation as Keith and Sarah share their experience of transitioning out of the Gordon community. So you both just uh, touched on transitions a lot, and I know that we were just talking about how your personality shapes your transition approach. But um, I'm a recent graduate of 2018. And like I said, I started this job about six months ago. And the biggest stressor for me for that was, is it the right time for me to transition? Like, is this the right thing for me to be doing? Is this the right job for me to be going to? So I'm curious, you've both had transitions to and from Gordon. And what sort of what was that like? And how did you process all of those things? It was, uh, you know, candidly, it was refreshing. Because um, I had spent about a decade of my life uh, at Gordon as a as a, a student or as an employee. So it was good to just have a bit of a change of scenery. I guess the one thing I would say is I I didn't feel like I was leaving to do my career. I still don't know what my career is. I've now been working for, uh, you know, I've been a professional for quite a few years and I'm still not sure what my career is or what I want to, I hate when people say this. I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do when I grow up. But I think that's still very much like, I'm just, I am still just kind of doing the next thing. And so for the, in terms of dealing with transition, it felt like I was ready for a new season, something different. And so I kind of, you kind of just roll with it, right? Like you kind of, you, I, I was contacted by some friends who worked at the software company in Wakefield. I said, no, they reached out again. We had some conversations and I kind of just tried the next thing. And that's a story for another day, kind of how that that's been a windy road. Um, but I just kind of tried it and said, I'm going to give it a shot and, and see how it, how it goes. So I don't know, Chris, I'm not, I'm not really answering your question, but I think, I think that's okay. I'll say this, like transitions, there's an assumption that when you change that you're changing to something that is long-term or, um, uh, will be a long time. That's the next big thing. And sometimes they're not big things. Sometimes it's, it's something that you try out and if it works great if not then you transition again and do do something else yeah i feel like so much of anything that i've switched to uh, so I've, I've all been my whole career has been within some realm of social work but I've gone from community clinic to grad school back to that same clinic in a different position um then started a private practice i transitioned out of that um, and then have done these little side things all along. Um, and all I can say is with the timing, some of it has not been up to me. Some of it's been like, here, we can offer you this for uh, a semester. Do you want to give it a go? And um, for me, like I said, it's logical. So I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Let's add that. Um, so that's helped, right? But I think a lot of the things that we've either moved, both of us, I would say, in and out of has just been. Um, 
I don't want to stress the connections too much, but that really has been so much of our career of just being like people either inviting us into opportunities or me asking someone like, I would like to try this. And I feel like I've built up a relationship with you and I can trust you. So I'm just asking like, if I wanted to go down this road of teaching, where would I, where would I even start? Um, and that person remembering, Oh, who asked me about teaching two years ago? We have something, you know, (laughs) and just, but like being kind of open with the process and and talking with people about it has really led uh, me at least to be able to sort of try different things. And I mean, I'm going to be in a completely different situation as a a lot of graduating seniors, but we, we have, we have three kids. So that, that also has made a lot of decisions either easier or harder about when to say yes or no. Brings another question to mind for me because you kind of touched on it. I was just thinking about kind of the role that other people in your life played in speaking into different aspects of, you know, your graduation or first years out, um, whether it was people coming alongside you, just being present, giving advice. Because I do think one of the temptations is to think of graduation as I have to strike out on my own and figure this out for myself and you forget what we've hopefully been trying to share at Gordon, at least for four years of, Hey, this is, you know, our lives are all about community and God created us to live together with others and to be supported by others because we're not strong enough to do anything on our own. Um, so just wondering in, you know, in your periods of transition, what were some of the, key ways that you would say other people were there for you or spoke into your life in a way that was really helpful? Yeah. So many examples, right? Like uh, it's such a good question. I feel like anyone who thinks they get a job on their own merit and ability is just completely disillusioned. Right. Cause like <laughs> the smartest people, I just think some of the smartest people that I know that I went to school with, they struggle to find work. Right. And it, it's, it's like, it's not, it's not luck or happenstance that there's a little bit more of an architecture behind things or an architect behind things, but really practically, I, um, you know, the, the people that speak truth and encouragement, I, I'm a, the, the head coach who I played for in an off me position. He asked me if I wanted to be an assistant coach. That was not an idea in my head. I had no thought of doing that. And him saying, asking me if I had any interest was immediately built this confidence that I could do it. If you think I can do it, then I must be able to do it, which the reality was I wasn't ready and I couldn't do it. But right. Like he, he kind of took a shot on me. Um, and I just think of the people that I'm so appreciative of that. Uh, I asked if I could go out to breakfast with them and just pick their brain. And they were, of course, I'd love to, you know, that they were just willing to, to just spend time with me just talk, just work through things. A lot of those, a lot of those conversations didn't lead to any sort of job afterwards, but just in terms of my own, um, yeah, just caring for me and speaking, just, I don't know, speaking positive things in my life. So beneficial. Uh, I, I don't know that was a little bit of a rambling cause I'm kind of going down memory lane and it's like, Oh wow. Like I'm really, I'm so grateful for those people that, that took took time to jump in on your life, not talk about mine. Um, I feel like there was a time you did feel like very, what am I going to do next? We, we have a baby, like just what are we going to do? And I, 
felt like at the time you were, I don't hope this is too big of a word, but just like, I don't know what I can do, you know? And it was everybody else kind of calling out what they saw it being able to do. Like, it would be great. Like ideas that he would never think of. I should apply for a job in marketing, right? Or like things he would, but just like you, because you have this skill set, but it was other people saying it, right? Other people calling it out that I think provides a little bit of a hope factor when you don't necessarily quite feel it as much. So at least that's what I witnessed. In- Sorry, so I have a really quick follow-up to that. And I think one of the things that I'm thinking of, Chris, I'm thinking of you and your position. I, I'm just anticipating the student that's, that says like, well, I don't have a network. Mm-hmm. Like everyone says, you know, talk, work, work your network to find a job. And inevitably they go, well, I don't, I don't have a network. And it's, it's so interesting. My, my network was people that I, that I just started talking to at church, right. Or the person who I shoveled his driveway. And it, it's funny how, um, how your network can organically grow. If you just, you know, and you kind of pay attention to it and kind of foster it a little bit intentionally, but sometimes even just in a happenstance sort of way. Yeah, think creatively about who you know. When you we say network, you think, oh, who do I know in the field that's doing this? So it's like, well, that's great, but also who who do you just know? You know, like, and um, and what do they do? And it may it may or may not be a job that you want to do, but they have they have work experience and they know people and just pick, like he said, just picking their brain about how'd you get to where you are and, and what did your career path look like? Even if it's not, you know, for me, if, even if it wasn't a social worker, just how did you grow or what did that look like? And all of a sudden, one, you're having a meaningful conversation that hopefully you're learning something from, but also the person I think takes interest in you asking those kind of questions, right? And then, um, and that can grow into some other things, but I, it is really hard to think of network sometimes and not be totally overwhelmed and be like, well, I don't have one. I don't have a job yet. <laughs> so, um, but more just explaining who you know. It's just those organic relationships that you build in the most awkward, like weird situations where you thought they would never come from. And I think a lot of what you guys talked about is the organic piece is just sort of the authenticity of it. There's just so much authentic and genuine interest in the human being that you're talking to and that you're interacting with rather than just a means to an end. And sometimes I think that's what gets lost in translation when it comes to networking. I think a lot of the time that's just where things get missed out, where there's just that barrier and that wall where someone's like, I know you're talking to me because I'm a means to an end for you at this point. But it really is all about building those relationships because not only could they potentially get you a reference one day, they could be a longtime friend and it's about building that community. And so that's, that's something that we're definitely working on. And I'm glad to hear that that's what you guys are doing and that's what you're encouraging um, for all the students. And I think that like, I think it goes, that goes both ways too, right? Like a, a alum alumna alumnus can tell when a student's only talking to them because oh you work at you work at x really important company and i'd like to get a job or an internship at x really important company but i think students can also tell when someone is you know just in conversations i've had with students who have been trying to make connections or build you know connections with professionals what i've heard they really appreciate is when the conversation isn't just professional topics, but it's 
hey, I'm interested in your life. What's who are you as a student? What are the things that you care about? What are your hobbies? What are the things that you do on campus? What are the campus organizations that you're involved in? And students, you know, they they love that because that's really they want that personal connection, that feeling, oh, this person cares about me. And then we can have a conversation from a place of trust about employment or opportunities and not the other way around. I think of any time I've, I've um, had conversations with someone that would be a, a valuable person in my network to use that language. I just, I would do my best to ask them questions. Tell me about your career. Tell me about what you do. That's really interesting. Tell me more that, that you were just in, you know, you were just in Singapore. I've never been to Singapore. Tell me about Singapore. And like just you driving the conversation away where you're just learning more about them. It is going back to that, that word of authenticity. Like that is such a better, a better way to do it. And I'm just thinking, you know, there are a few people, especially within the Gordon network. I mean, I, I don't, if someone contacted me and said, Hey, I'd love to pick your brain about marketing or working in a software company or how to translate a liberal arts degree to the professional world. Can I buy you a cup of coffee? Like I would, I would never say no to that. Like, sure. Absolutely. Let's chat. So it's just all about, I guess, you know, it's the right way to handle those conversations. And I think that's like, that's something unique that we offer as Christians in some ways, right? Like that care for the the person first, not that we're the only ones who can do that. But I think that that's a, a unique way that we approach networking or relationships and businesses that it really is seeing the other person as an image bearer of God first and foremost, and the value that they have is that, um, and not first and foremost as whatever X, Y, or Z role that they have after their name. Yeah. That actually makes me think of, um, you know, I, before I came to Gordon, I was working in a workplace that was secular and it was obviously a very big transition from Gordon's tight knit intentional community to a very secular millennial, really involved in just um, like materialistic things. And I'm curious, you've both worked in a secular industry and how have you navigated just being a Christian and sort of influencing your peers with your beliefs in that environment? I feel like I'm talking a lot, but I'll, I'll give my answer. Okay, good. And I'll do my framework. <laughs> um, I, it's so funny. It, it, it's a little bit the same answer to the previous question. It's like, it's just, um, it's just caring about people because they're inherent value and just for being people. So there's um individual at my work who has had um, some just really, really crappy things happen with their family, with their brother who was very sick and ended up passing away. And I just reach out to the person. It's like, Hey, how are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. Like this is really tough time. And it was very surprising to me. Their response to that was, they're almost shocked that I, that, that, and, and not, not to me, there are other people at the company. I'm not, I'm not trying to sound like a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm whatever, but uh, just treating people, treating people well. Um, I think, uh, it, man, it just goes so, so far. Yeah. I like it when Keith goes first, cause then I can just steal his answer. Um, but, uh, no, when, when you speak, it jogs my memory. So, um, just take me back to a few different coworker interactions, um, where, yeah, I think 
people in general's stress level is high, you know, for whatever reason, or we live in a really fast pace, except for right now, we're slowing it down. A little. But usually we're in a really fast pace. Maybe we won't go back to that. Um, but pretty fast paced environment. And then if you have a fast paced job on top of that, it, it's a whole nother level. And so without even meaning to be, um, we're just really like, you're just about us, right? How do I get through my day? I got a lot of stuff on my plate. I got 80 million emails in my inbox. Uh, my phone's ringing off the, I personally hate the stupid voicemail light when it flashes. That's like automatic anxiety. So that, um, that's just how we operate. And I have like, like 39 unlistened to voicemails on my phone. We are so different. Like that. It's just my heart is and uh, I just can't get that light gone fast. So, except the coordinate. Don't check my coordinate. Just do the Sarah's. Don't leave the voicemail. But anyway, to Keith's point about just slowing down a minute to to look around the office and see what other people are going through, um, and and acknowledging it and just being like, just like the check in, how how are you doing? Or Keith is better at this than me, but like remembering what somebody has said in the past, like oh I heard you know I heard you say last week, you know your your brother's sick. How's that going? Just the I think people are surprised by that, not because we're amazing people, but um, because we don't often pause and, um, and go outside our own stress for a minute. And I think that's really noticed in the workplace um, just because of the types of environments um, work often is. That would be different. You know, it would be interesting to see how work culture care is right now with everybody being remote. Um, and seeing it, it, even before this, I think some jobs were moving to be more remote anyway. So what that will look like as far as just that coworker experience. But I found that our, you know, some of the, my coworkers, because I saw them all the time were, you know, became really good friends. And, and I think, you know, you spend so much time with them. <laughs> so when you can um, show like that, you're same thing with the networking conversation we're having, that you're actually invested in these people. Um, that goes a long way and you can have real authentic relationships regardless of the background and maybe be a, a big witness in there as well. Yeah. I think I, I'll jump in cause I actually, um, my own, career history is a bit of an interesting path, but my first job after graduation was working at an engineering firm. So just, I think one of the things that looking and reflecting back on that, even as you guys have been sharing is just thinking about one, the moments of, stepping outside your own stress and, and taking a second to care, but even just being a calm presence sometimes is a really big thing for someone else because there's so much of a, an attitude and a mindset of go, 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 stress, stress, stress. Work is you know the most important thing in life and just being able to offer people a different perspective and ask a question about something else or be able to say, hey, like, let me help you with that. Let me carry your burden with you, I think is another thing of being willing to share people's burdens. I think that is not often, not something that other people often do, but just being willing to to step in and say, Hey, let me help you with that. I'm here for you. And people really, they can tell that you care when you're willing to, to put your money where your mouth is, so to speak, and put your hours and your, your effort into doing something for them. So, um, okay. So I think we have about just, just one last question in a few minutes left. So this is, big general thinking about the whole conversation we just had, what is one tip or piece of advice that you would be giving to your graduating self if you were graduating now, knowing all that you know? 
other than buy a bike and apply to work at Starbucks, because we already know that those are the two, two of the important things. I don't know if I wish I knew that. (laughs) Sorry, I can't, I can't help myself. So I'm going to get a little, this is going to be a little bit roundabout, but this whole conversation in the roundabout, let's be honest. (laughs) I, I guess I'm just so struck by, you know, within every challenge, there is an opportunity, right? And I'm thinking there's so many careers there's going to be businesses that exist in six months that have even that are just an idea in someone's head today. There's so much innovation that's going to happen. I mean, think of the people that are how much has Zoom grown right in the last two months? Like it's crazy. And there's so many industries that are having to rethink. Um, every industry is having to rethink. So even though the job force I know is shrinking now because of uncertainty, I just think there's going to be so much innovation that's going to happen over the next six to nine months in fields that are totally different than what current seniors are thinking about, I'm sure. So I think the, the, I'll get, I'll get to maybe my tip in a second, but like in a weird sort of way, I'm actually, I'm excited about the innovation that is going to happen. And I think, I think student graduate students should be excited about that as well. And, 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 and be engaging with that conversation practically in the, in lieu of that innovation, the things that are going to matter most are people that are able to think creatively, that are able to write well, right. That are able to ask good questions and engage in, in conversations, all those things. It's a liberal arts education, right? Think critically, solve problems. So like while they're, while it's going to be hard now, I, I do believe that graduating students of a college like Gordon are actually well positioned to do well in kind of the next phase that's coming. That's my like theoretical answer. Um, what I wish I would have known when I was graduating, I think it was um, work really hard um, and be patient. I think I wish I would have just slowed myself down and say, just you know, the next three months, the next six months, the next year slow down. You don't have to figure out the rest of your life right away. I don't even know if I answered your question. I got all excited. Innovation. I'm like, let's change the world. Over here. You're gonna so hire I, I don't know. Well, I've never been told I can say in my life, but um, <laughs> I think I would say two things maybe because um, I'm not concise. So I'm not saying one. I'm saying two, um, which is um, don't compare. And I'll expand on that in one second and, um, and say yes. And so the don't compare is, it is so easy when you're in a hard space to feel like everyone else has it together. As far as like, they found their job, they got that right away. They're making these thousands of dollars. And I mean, it's just so easy. And the reality is it's probably not actually true. Like maybe one or two people are doing that, but, um, most aren't, you know, most people are trying to figure out, I mean, if they are making X thousands of dollars more than you, um, they're also still trying to figure it out. <laughs> like it just, it, so I think that comparison, especially in that first year can be so crushing because you feel like you're behind, um, everybody else. And, um, and then when you start doing that, you fixate and feel worse. And I just, I just think a lot of people not to be a downer, but it's just a hard year. It just is. And so how do you embrace the fact that it's hard? And um, and figure out what you need to make it get a little bit smoother. 
And I just think comparison is so dangerous. The second one of just saying yes, is I think looking back over my own career is when people gave me an opportunity or said, Hey, do you want to sit on this task force? Or do you want to join this meeting? Like my every yes, even if I wasn't super interested, (laughs) has led me to something else today that has been. So do, you know, do you want (laughs) to, we have these committees at my job. Do you want to sit on this committee? No. But okay. And at that meeting, you know, I, I really got to know the CEO very well, which, which came to be helpful later or um, whatever. And I, I don't think I would have thought of myself as like the yes person. So I don't really put myself out there or, or think like, yeah, I could do that. But those yeses in this smaller, easier conversations um, helped me, I, I feel like, be confident with the leaders in the agencies and organizations I worked for so that approaching them later wasn't, wasn't hard or didn't feel challenging or whatnot. So anyway, I just feel like me saying, you know, the teaching opportunities sort of landed in my lap when I was 25. That doesn't make sense. You shouldn't teach college students when you're only 25. But I said, yes, and it was great. And I loved it. I figured out that's what I really love, you know? And if I said, no, I'm going to write that off, you know? So those would be the two things. He's saying, yeah, unless it's really a terrible thing, then just say no. Yeah, those yeses really lead to, I mean, you're kind of describing like they often lead to chances to build relationships with people that then lead to opportunities, kind of like we've been talking about throughout this conversation. So this concludes the second half of our two-part conversation with Keith and Sarah Crass. Tune in next time for another episode. See you on the next one.